Welcome to the Registered Investment Advisor Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their financial service firms, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Today, I am really excited about today's podcast. I have the pleasure of interviewing William Lamb, CEO of Upgrade. And, you know, we always start with, I'm really excited, I'm really excited, but I am really excited. There's some pretty fascinating stuff. And all of you guys that, that, that worry about upgrading your uh, your HP or your Dell, the biggest supercomputer you can have is on uh, between your ears. And William's going to cover some of that stuff. William, quickly, can you share with my audience uh, how your background in computer science has uh, influenced your approach to personal development and investing? Yeah, Carl, it's an honor to be here with you. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's actually one of my favorite questions, what you just asked. Really? You know, definitely. Because I think that too much of the personal development world is very focused on just touchy-feely. Nothing wrong with that, but it's too often just feelings and very often not focus on methodologies that are calculated strategies that can be tracked like a computer program. And what I appreciate about coming from computer science is looking at every human behavior, you know, at the angle of there's a source code. And if we can modify the source code, optimize the source code, our behaviors and our communication can be tracked and we can see the optimization in a predictable manner. Well, you know, your methodology seems to combine data analytics and psychology. It's a winning formula. And, you know, I'm, geez, I'm, I'm you know, I'm kind of like a deer in the headlights because it's just fantastic stuff. You know, tell me how, um, how they intersect, how that strategy, how could my listeners, my viewers apply that strategy for personal growth and, and uh, investment? Yes. So I would begin with a metaphor, if I may. This sure. explains really well our mind's influence on the world and its relationship with the world. Because when we look at investments, oftentimes we're like, well, this is happening to the investment, right? The market, the economy, the behaviors of the banks, the behaviors of other investors. And we, we look at it and we're like, oh, that's you know, I need to respond to what other people's behaviors and or what's happening to the investment. However, our reality is not as solid as it seems. So I'm going to, I'm going to express, I'm going to share this metaphor that I think will express the meaning of that. So as you look at a computer and you plug that into a projector and then you set up a projector screen, we all know as modern humans that the image being projected on the screen, on the projector screen, is coming from the computer. However, if you and I took a, took a trip and brought the setup with a generator to, let's say, even just the 1800s, we plug it in, we demonstrate in town square. First off, people are going to think we're crazy or, you know, who knows what. <laughs> but let's say people are okay with the idea and we ask them, hey, who amongst you can show us how to change what's on the screen? Because if you can, we're going to give you away. We're, we're going to give away the setup to you, and a line will form, right? Some people are going to be scared. They're going to be like, "Ah, oh, no, I, I can't change that," right? Some people are going to be curious, and they're going to stand in front of that line. But that line is most likely going to form in front of the screen, not the computer. 
they're going to change. They're going to work hard. They're going to modify what they can with physical effort, what's on the screen. But they're not considering the source of that image is coming from the computer. Okay. Well, that is our mind. Is that kind of reprogramming your mindset, you know, to just embrace something new and different for spectacular results? Is that that? Because I noticed you've mentioned some re- reprogramming your mindset in a couple of places. And elaborate on that a little bit. Tell me, tell yeah. Me, tell my audience a little about that. I'd be glad to. You know, oftentimes, as investors, entrepreneurs, business leaders, we're looking at the world. How can we change what's going on outside? Oftentimes, we're not noticing what, you know, the metaphor that I just mentioned, what's going on inside. So we're programming the internal source codes. The the mind will allow us to reprogram the external world with greater ease, reducing physical effort, reducing resistance from the external world. And I'll be more specific. Think of the human mind like, you know, we've been talking about like a computer. It has a operating system. Within the operating system, which oftentimes we can relate that to our personal identity. And within this identity of ours, right, this operating system, we have our values, what's important to us. And I don't just mean consciously what's important. I mean also what we don't even think about, but it's important to us. Because our values govern our beliefs. And there are you know, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of beliefs, some of them we don't even know that we have. And they're buried in there, some, some of them coming from our ancestors and our predecessors. And these beliefs interact with our physical neurology and our body and our communication. So we communicate and behave based on these beliefs and these values and this identity. So think of the operating system as the identity and the software and the apps are like the you know, values and beliefs, right? And how, oh, and by the way, you know, I think we, we all have seen the, you know, in Windows, they have the task manager. I think that's what it's called, right? You have what's, what's being run in the background and in the foreground. And you can set priorities, what's important, what's not. Our mind does the same thing. What's important, what's not. And so anything that we deem as important, we don't deem that as distractions. But things that are less important, we deem that as distractions. But uh, here's a key point. Distractions can still produce a dopamine hit. So sometimes people will deliberately go for the distractions to get that that happy chemical going and neglecting what's actually important, right? And so that creates conflict, both internally and externally. So as investors sometimes, or entrepreneurs, sometimes that distraction is what we can reprogram to align the internal priorities with our goals so that our mind function smoothly without resistance that's tremendous and you know i'm just i'm in awe and so i want to ask you kind of a personal question yeah tell me if you can point to like an aha moment when these things started to take place so in in your mind when you started to figure this stuff out and you know relate that to to my audience maybe you can spark a aha moment in someone who's listening today Yeah, absolutely. You know, there are no such thing as business problems, only personal problems. And any business problem we have is a symptomology of something inside, right? Like the projector screen versus the computer. There was a point in my life where I 
have this business. Um, and I was working, I was working, I was working a lot. And I was considering myself as a high performing entrepreneur. However, the results was not at the level that I believed that I could get. I felt like I wasn't getting what I can perform, right? Wasn't hitting my potential, simply put. And I, I thought, you know what? Maybe I should talk to my business partner. And he said, I think you just need to work more. And I think that your audience can relate to this. A lot of people have been told this, especially high-performing entrepreneurs and investors. Work more. Work harder. And we were working 15-hour days. So when my partner told me that, I'm like, that's not the answer. And I was skipping social life. I was skipping all the things that were important to me personally. So first point is, what are we neglecting in our personal life that's creating business problems? Because we can't escape our personal life. And if we escape it and we ignore it, we suppress the problems, they show up in other ways, whether it's in romantic relationship or, or in business relationship or business performance. Now, it gets better, though. As I consider what my partner was telling me, I thought, man, there's something going on in my mind because I was hitting ceilings of my parents' income. I was, I was hitting this unconscious boundary of what is possible financially. I didn't know all this before, right? Yet I noticed. So I decided I'm going to take some trainings. When I arrived at the training, they said, what's the one thing that when you achieve will make this the greatest investment of all time. And, you know, at that point, I was like, well, you know, investing in my business would be the greatest investment. But they were like, no, 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 think bigger. You are bigger than your business. I never considered that before, which at first is almost, it almost sounds egotistical, but then I realized, no, no, no. What's the meaning of business anyway, right? And so long story short, I said I would like to find the one romantically. I would like to find the one. I'll show you how it ties back to business and to what we're talking about here. And they said, when? I was like, how about in five months? They're like, cool. What's the last thing that has to happen so you know you got it? They were asking me for evidence. How will my mind know that I've got the result, right? Because otherwise, how would your mind know the, the final destination, the coordinate to go for? So I gave them the answer. Long story short, four months and a half later, I found the one which I later married and thank you. And it was interesting because I didn't just find her. I designed her and I had a spreadsheet to keep myself accountable. I prioritized the list. I designed it like I would design a computer program. 83 attributes prioritize columns and roles, right? Because I didn't want to just set a goal and then my mind would shortcut me, give me the the path of least resistance, and then call it good. I want to keep it accountable and set a boundary, right? Well, when I discovered that the day I set the goal, she broke up with her fiance, I thought, well, there's got to be more than meets the eyes in the physical. What if I experiment and test this and see if we can replicate this? Because imagine if you could design anyone to appear in your life. Perfect business relationships, just the perfect investors, the perfect investment groups, the perfect opportunities. So I began to design and test it because, you know, if you don't test it, how would you know it works, right? Coming from computer science, I'm like, you got to test the program. So I began to test and every, and I could tell you a lot, long stories, many stories, but essentially 
every design we created showed up. And we, we've now been teaching this formula to investors because at some point, at one point of it, an investor's journey to success, it's no longer about how, it's about who. To grow past a certain amount of millions, they have to consider who. So, so tell me about the CEO mindset because we all know that not everyone has it. Not every CEO has the proper CEO mindset, and in particular, your specific CEO mindset. Tell me about it and and what role does that play in, in your success? Yeah, you know, a lot of people. If you ask them, what does a CEO do? Frankly, a lot of people don't even know the answer, right? In fact, a lot of entrepreneurs self-appoint as CEO. Um, but then there's a there's a decent amount of people that have experience, that have expertise. They'll tell you CEOs is the visionary, and they make sure their visions are executed by the right people, right? Now, when we when we get to talking about the mind and the mental performance and and programming the mind to function as a top level CEO we begin to consider some very interesting things and important things. The first one is, does the CEO even knows? Does he even know what he wants? Because if he doesn't know what he wants in his personal life, how could he know what he wants in the business, right? So my encouragement, that's the first point, to all CEOs and business leaders and high-level investors is to decide what do I want in my personal life? Can they even name, can you even name a hundred items that I want? It doesn't have to be material things, but a hundred experiences, perhaps a hundred relationship, whatever it is, right? A hundred items because most people spend more of their time thinking about what they don't want versus what they want. They find themselves having more problems than solutions and or what they want. So the first thing I would recommend that is part of the CEO mindset training is, well, you got to know what you want. And there's many more. That's Absolutely. the first thing. I mean, if you don't know what you want, how can you even, how are you going to direct a company? How are you going to steer the ship? If you don't know where you're taking the ship. And it's very true. A lot of people have not thought about that. And uh, I thought I had, <laughs> but I'm improving. <laughs> we all are, right? This is certainly helpful. You know, and speaking of that, can you share some some real-world successes? You mentioned that you do train uh, investors, entrepreneurs, business owners, business leaders in this. Can you share a couple uh, success stories? Yeah, be happy to. So we don't make these claims publicly. This is just a story of uh, right. success, right? So I'm not going to promise that everyone who does what we ask will do this. I just got to make the disclaimer. We had a client um, came to us with a business that was already doing about 40 million or evaluated at about 40, 40 million. And we asked him what he wants because every person who comes, we asked them what they want and when they want it. Right. And then we, we asked them, you know, well, that's great. What else? Right. We asked them long-term uh, what they want. Long story short, this gentleman said, I'd love to exit my business and collect $100 million in five years. Well, that's great. We asked him, what if you could do it in a year? What are you going to do for the next five years? See, the number was set 
based on a formula unconsciously. We give these estimates to ourselves based on our unconscious calculation. So it's a background program running and saying, ah, five years, I can do that. We're like, well, that's great. But what if you can do that in a year? Because once again, it's not how, it's who. And we can show you how to design exactly who you need in your world that will buy your business for 100 mil, right? Not a guarantee, however. Um, 12 months later, he contacted us. And um, he exited. Uh, well, he was exiting. So October 1st, so exactly about a month and two days ago, he exited for a total of... Well, he hasn't collected all of it. He collected, I think, 60 million up front, and then 110 will be total. And so that's one of the stories where, you know, what if you can do what you think you can do instead of five years in one year? That reprogramming of the mind is quite profound. You know, where would you suggest uh, someone start? Mm. We have a launch program. It's the first program that uh, has been made available to the public in such a way that helps people explore what they want. And it's a step-by-step, we guide them step-by-step, hand-holding how they will find what they want. And even people who know what they want, we can help them get deeper. Because most people are only thinking, next year, what do I want? Or maybe next five years, if we're lucky. But we're asking them to stretch out to 90 years. What do you want in the next 90 years? Now, most of the world's problem Micro and macro are created because people think too short term and they're not thinking about the ecology of the whole planet and beyond, right? So the size of our thinking dictates the size of our income. So the first launch program that we, we have is it's a way for people to participate and jump in, get to know us, but really get to know them, get to know what they want. And then we set them on a path to, I mean, we have... We have trainings from 49 bucks to $2 million. So people can really participate where they're comfortable with and get value where they are. So the launch program is where I would recommend people getting to know us. And where do they go? Where do they go to get that information? So they can go to upgrade.com, which is spelled as upgrd.com. And uh, they can also go to our, our Instagram account and they can search for the upgrade, T-H-E, U-P-G-R-D, and there'll be a link on the Instagram. We're very active on Instagram. And so we encourage people to get on Instagram and follow us. Okay. And I, you know what? I was going to just, excuse me, ask you a question uh, about LinkedIn and yeah. kind of this whole social media thing. And how have you maximized that effectiveness? How have you used social media to get your message out? And are there some tips and tricks that my listeners may uh, pick up from you? you want to well, you know, I uh, feel very blessed to have some great people on our team because I personally don't do a ton of social media. And we, you know, I am obsessed with programming the mind. So social media is not really the thing that I spend a lot of time with. However, I've been very blessed with a gentleman named Brady. He created a company called the biggest agency. And uh, Brady was a former creative director, one of the top guys at Mr. Beast, which Mr. Beast is the, the largest YouTuber on the planet. And so Brady has been able to bring his expertise to helping us share what we, our message, right, on, on social media. Um, but if there's one thing I can share that will help, that I believe will help, that I've learned from Brady, 
is that we need to be who we are. And I don't mean like being rude or just say the first thing that comes to mind. But if we are on social media, so many people are not authentic. They're not genuine about what they, their message is. If an investor or an entrepreneur, I mean, of course, under the, the compliance of whatever they are doing, are able to express who they are and truly how they feel, they are going to resonate with far more people. And speaking of that, if I may share an experience. Please, please. We have a client named John Matson. And after taking our training, this is also a, another success story. He started um, as a gym owner and he was making 20000 a month, but spending $20,000 a month on the gym, right? Okay. So not very profitable, unfortunately. He found us and participated in one of our higher-end training programs. And we helped him embrace who he really is. And as, as vague as that skill may sound, it's extremely tangible because when someone truly look inside themselves and they're like, I like me, oh my gosh, I love me, right? <laughs> and they actually feel that way, not just like, I hope, they begin to transform. And of course, it's not just like, oh, you love yourself and then he loves himself. It's not that simple. We took him through some intensive training sessions and remove old guilt and old things and install new programs. Fast forward, he went from, uh, 20k a month to 100k which then you know a lot more profit uh seven months and then uh about three years he's still with us three years we many of our clients are long-term clients three years later he's passed 1.2 million in a single month wow that's another great success story yeah now, for those for my uh, our audience here that's interested in learning more about your work are there any specific resources books or you know I'm going to send everybody to your website. We're definitely doing that. Any uh, books or any any other places where they can grab some more of uh, uh, absolutely William Lamb. Yeah, you know that's actually one of the reasons why I suggested Instagram because we post snippets, okay. short form training content for free, right, on our Instagram, so people can see some of the snippets. Because you know we have a podcast called God Mode, but if people are like, "Man, I only got." 30 seconds they can go on our instagram sure. what's cool about our godmo podcast for people who want more detail and more action steps they can find us on itunes and spotify it's called god mode inspired by the cheat codes in video games back in the 80s and 90s <laughs> that's that's so cool that's so cool and, you. you know th this is a natural progression because everyone today seems to be concerned with data so this is data-driven personal development that you know, is certainly going to give you personal development, but it's also going to develop you in your vocation or your job or your business or your investing. And that is a tremendous, this is great. You know, Thank as we you. wrap up, um, is there one key piece of information or advice you'd like to leave with my audience uh, that's going to set them on their, on their butts? Okay, guys, buckle your seatbelts. Here it comes. You know, as you ask that question, there's like five different things that fly through my mind. But I'll okay. share one. You can uh, do five. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, first thing about what you said with the data-driven personal development, that's mm -hmm. really what we need as humanity. Frankly, over the last 50 or so years where personal development has become a prominent topic amongst the most successful and people who are up and coming. 
because that really sets them apart from the rest, right? Saves them a lot of time. We have taken the approach of, well, data is frankly, data doesn't lie. It's frankly one of the most important assets that we now have because of how easy it is to collect data that's relevant. Well, imagine not only that, we actually hired a scientist, a behavioral scientist to research and do case study for us. Because as much as I love to claim that it works, I want a third party to validate us. So we do our own audit to make sure, right? We pay someone, we're like, hey, look, you're not obliged to say anything nice about us. Research and tell us what you think, right? And a true expert, you know, we hired uh, Emily, who is a behavioral scientist from NYU, a professor, fantastic scientist to do research on our previous program before we launched the launch program. It was the prior version. And so based on her feedback, we built the launch program. So that leads to what I was going to say. The one thing, if I could say one thing, and once again, there's a lot of things I can say, but the one thing that comes to mind the strongest is that too often time we are thinking, oh, um, I just need this. I don't need that. It's a need versus want conversation because many of us were brought up in a way that's like we go to the store, our mom or dad will say, hey, you know, you don't need that. Our spouse even will say, you don't need that, right? So humans pass along this belief of we don't need what we want. But if we truly live in a world where abundance is not finite, why can't we have what we want and still give other people what they want? It's not a, I win, somebody lose. It's not a, you know, I take, somebody lose. It's a, let's rise together. And as investors, one of the biggest reasons why we work with investors predominantly is that investors really control the future of humanity by our investment choices. My mission, the single most important thing in our mission is to help investors become the most optimized human they can be, the most abundant human they can be, both in mental, emotional, also physical form. So when that is aligned and they're ecological, our planet will predictably become the single most abundant version that we've ever had in human history. So I would say, if we can, begin to consider, what do I want? Excellent. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And thank you for this time today. I uh, This has been Carl McKinney, co-hosting the RIA podcast with Seth Green. And I've had the pleasure of, uh, of interviewing William Lamb from Upgrade. To all our listeners and uh, watchers, we will see you next time. And thanks for joining in today. Thank you so much. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com.